Welcome, welcome. This is Amanda Mortensen at Yoga Wellness Money, and I'm so excited to be here today. It is late January, January 28th, 2020. We are here in a brand new decade, and I can't think of anything more exciting. As you know, I love a fresh start, and now that it's the end of the month and the real newness of the new year has like dwindled down a little bit, I've taken stock of like, okay, am I really going to stick to some of my push for the new decade? One thing I did do, which is super random, but I had like 7,400 emails in my inbox at my Gmail account. And that is so obnoxious. It was just so many. And I I was like, I don't know how to dwindle these down. I don't know how to get rid of them. And and in the past, I have like searched things that I know, like ABA Bar Journal or something that I know is just sort of repetitive, digest, that I can just get a whole bunch of them, delete them. But it just didn't really make a dent. So this is what I did. I decided to keep my sent box because I figured if it's something super important, I probably either initiated it or responded to it. And everything else, I just uh, did my view 100 per page. Then I clicked on unstarred. So anything that, because I do tend to use the stars. If I think of it's important or it's referenced or I want to keep it, I start. So it would highlight everything that was unstarred. I would just visually just kind of like scan through. And I started with the oldest emails. So I went all the way to the end of the emails and would highlight and then just bam, delete, delete. And I did it a hundred at a time. So you can imagine if I had 7,000 emails, I had to do this about 70 times. And it was so freeing. I couldn't believe how like much lighter I felt when my inbox ha- ended up with 367 emails. I was so excited. I was just like over the moon. I was just excited. And then I went into my phone and I um, went to the edit button and just highlighted text messages from mo- people where I'm in a group text or random or my phone company, anything like that, highlighted all of those, deleted them. I mean, I just, I I couldn't get my hands on enough things to like purge and get rid of. And I just really want to feel lighter for this upcoming decade. And I think it's so much easier to like let new creative energies flow in if you're not bogged down with the past. I mean, come on. If I have 7,400 emails, that means it spans back a lot of years. I'm trying to think of what year I got Gmail, probably back in 2006. Somewhere in there. I mean, it's been a long time. So, of course, there's things on there from old boyfriends, old relationships, just stuff that's just completely unnecessary. And so once you get there and just purge all that, and it's the same thing with my pictures. I've been like having pictures online, on my phone, on my computer, everywhere there's pictures. And I just really don't picture my posterity 
you know, logging on to whatever technology they have then and being like, where are all those online pictures from my great grandmother? No. Instead, I'm like, they're, they need hard photos. I mean, I, I don't know what technology existed back when my mother was a teenager, but if it had been on some didgeridoo and I'm trying to like figure out how to get to them and, you know, break open a box to see the magical photos and documents in there, it just wouldn't have happened. But I have a photo album of my mother as a teenager <clears throat> in her like, you know, 1940s style swimsuit that kind of comes down over the hips and, you know, high-waisted, super cute, being twinners with her best friend. And I have all those pictures because they're printed out they're in a photo album. They have the cute little corner tabs on black paper and a brown leather um, boulder. I don't album. Sorry, album. And I get to look at those, and it's the same thing. When it comes to our memories, we've got to get those out of our computer, out of our phones, and we've got to get them printed. I took everything and just saved it over to Snapfish. It's an HP site, and I uploaded all my photos. It's so much easier now because you can do it directly from your phone. And I just upload and upload and upload, and you can click as many as you want to upload, and they'll just, you know, just keep uploading slowly but surely, but you can have, you know, a hundred photos in the queue and it will just keep going until they're all uploaded. And then from there, I can just click on all of them and order them for like, I don't know, a penny to nine cents a copy, super cheap. And all my photos arrived And I made sure I had gotten some albums with either the sleeves. And then for my family, I got like the big, pretty, giant albums that I have to put the photos in individually, you know, on the page, arrange them, and maybe put some cute little things. But for everything else, I just got the albums that have three per page. And then you turn the page and there's three more, so six front and back on a page and a little like blank thing to write out to the side if you want to put the, the date or something about it. And then it's just like, boom, 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 you just slide them in. The only trick with those is you have to make sure you kind of lay them out in advance of sliding them in because you don't want to get to, you know, through a bunch of holidays, get to Halloween and be like, what's this Easter photo? And then there's no place to put it because you've already like put them in. So that's the only trick to doing just the slide in is you have to kind of plan them out and kind of put them in rows and make sure you have everything. And and then some photos, you don't need every single photo to be facing. If I have kind of a couple that are cute, but they're similar, I'll put one behind the other. So it's just a little surprise. If somebody wants to dig a little deeper, they can check behind the photos. And sometimes there's a little bonus photo tucked in there behind the main photo. Anyway, so... That's kind of all I want to talk about today is just sort of like purging and getting organized and just getting ready to go into this new decade and really assess our priorities and figure out, you know, what do I want my life to look like? And I just taught a class, a three-week class on personal finance, and uh, several couples came and 
a few single people came. And one of the questions I asked, which I haven't ever asked before, but at the third class, the couple, one of the couples mentioned that that was like really pivotal for them because I asked in the first class, what would make you feel rich? Like, what does rich look and feel like to you? Because to some people, you know, I'd feel rich if every day when I came home, there were fresh flowers on the table, or I would feel rich if I was able to drive this favorite car of mine, or I'd feel rich if I could take two vacations a year and I had a paid off house. I mean, rich is going to look like something different for everybody. And most people that I know don't need a yacht and a private plane to feel rich. They just don't. It's just not even a priority. It's not something they're like, oh, I really, really wish I had that. But you really have to know what that definition looks and feels like for you. Because if you know what it looks and feels like, you know what you're aiming for. And so... For some reason, that was pivotal. I'm going to think about that more. My husband and I talk about it a lot. Like, what do we want five years from now to look like? What do we want 10 years from now to look like? And really, when we're living like sort of in our ideal space where we have financial freedom and we're able to do, and financial freedom means that we'll have X amount, which provides for like our living expenses, trips to visit family, trips to go out of the country, and we each want to drive a BMW. So that's kind of our, (laughs) you know, our big splurge. And uh, a bigger priority for me than my husband is I, I do want a paid off house. I do want our house paid for so that, you know, once we do get into that place of retirement, we don't have a mortgage. We have a home. We just have our regular bills and health insurance and all those things. And then our income from our investments or any rental income, if we still have rental property, is what kind of funds our life. So in other words, think now what your life you want your life to look like even just a couple years from now and make sure you're doing that or you're you're shifting slowly or pivoting in a way that kind of gets you closer to what would make you feel at peace would make you feel secure and would help you to feel a sense of abundance and that you have plenty to take care of yourself plenty to share you know, you can be the person that like has everybody over and throws these parties and has great food. Or maybe one of the things that you would love is to not have to cook every day. And you would love to have, you know, a chef come in a couple times a week to prepare meals for that day and for a couple days ahead of now or something. Like there's just a lot of ways to you know, incorporate things in your life that would make you feel like you had a lot more free time or a lot more leisure or more time to spend on projects that are really important to you. And another thing I want you to think of for 2020, if you are working in a W-2 job where you have a regular paycheck and it's predictable, 
make sure you're taking advantage of all of those retirement options, your 401ks, your 457, your 401a, your Roth, make sure you're really putting money away and get those living expenses down below. Live simpler, just live simpler so you can make sure you're really tackling that retirement stuff and maxing those things out. People can say, put away 15% and don't worry about it. But I say anytime you have the opportunity to be in any of those types of retirement options, max them out because you don't know if you're going to at some point jump ship and want to do some freelance and have a couple of years where you're not investing. You don't know if you're going to have a reason why you have to take a medical leave and you won't be investing or you'll have things with your parents or your children and you won't be investing So whenever you have the opportunity to invest, max those suckers out. That is my number one tip. That is the thing that when I started working after graduate school at age 28, I just every, I I maxed out all my accounts. And some of, sometimes it was uh, 20% of my income and that was okay because I just learned to live on the remainder And I always knew that every year of my labors, I was keeping something for myself. Because you have to pay taxes. No matter what, taxes are coming out of your check and you figure out how to live on what's left. Same thing with your retirement. You get that money put away and you figure out how to live on what's left. left. I'm even a little bit on the fence about Dave Ramsey. Dave Ramsey's advice, which is baby step two. Baby step one is save $1,000 emergency fund. Step two is pay off all your debt except for your house. Step three is three to six months emergency fund. And step four is investing 15%. I'm not a fan of that because if you take too long to get those debts paid off, if you aren't crazy gazelle intense and be like for the next 12 to 16 months, we're just going to knock these debts out and you go scorched earth, sell everything, eat beans and rice, don't step foot in a restaurant, don't even think you're going on a vacation, then yeah, maybe you can put like the brakes on investing. (laughs) Maybe. But I found that most people need to start developing their investing muscle, their saving muscle. It's a, it's a muscle. And even if you just do a little bit and grow it every year, you're still developing that muscle. If you postpone investing, some people really never get around to it, you know, or they get all excited. I've heard people call in and be like, we're debt free and we've sold our house. And now we're going to go be missionaries in this other, in this other country. Well, okay, but really just because you're debt-free, you don't have a penny saved for your retirement. So I don't know. That could work. And if it's kind of a short-term thing, like they feel like they have the freedom to do this thing in the interim. But I get concerned because time is irreplaceable. You cannot replace time. And if your money doubles every seven to 10 years when it's invested in the stock market... You let five, six, seven years pass, you have just lost out on an opportunity for money to be growing like rabbits. I mean, I have accounts from way back when. Eventually, I rolled them all into one 
uh, account at Fidelity, but I'm amazed because I have I have so much more money than I actually ever put in because it's doubled. I've just watched accounts that have now made 106% on my original investment. So my $10,000 investment back in 2016 is now worth, sorry, 2016, no, more like 2009. Nope, 2013, sorry. 2013 is now more than doubled. It's at 106% rate of return. And that's really fascinating to watch, and it's really real. And I printed out that line item of showing how my initial investments have more than doubled in not that long of time. And people could see the original investment, what it was worth now, the percent increase, the date of the original investment. I mean, it's a real thing, (laughs) compounding. And it's a miracle. And you want to get money put away as soon as possible. And you need to be making 7 to 10% minimum. Well, 7%, your money will double every 10 years. At 10%, it'll double every 7 years. It's rule of 72. You take 72 and divide it by the interest rate. And that's how often it will double. If you have your money, and I've known a couple of couples that have more than $100,000 sitting in a bank account or CD making 1%. If you divide 1% into 72, your money will double every 72 years. So that is not the way to go. You got to get like wise and really pick those uh, mutual funds or index funds, which is just a basket of funds that you put your money into and it's well diversified. And if one company struggles, the other ones will pick up, ride the wave, the stock market goes up and down, but over time it goes up and really just put your money in there and leave it alone and let it grow. So with that, I'm going to leave you with these things to think about. I want you to think about, A, what you're going to purge in your past, what you're ready to get rid of, what you're ready to let go of, um, what you're going to collect, like your photos and get those organized and, you know, get your memories put in a nice, neat place or, you know, use one of those services and get your Instagram account printed out or whatever it is, just kind of capture and move forward. As for social media minimize it, pick like one platform you like and use it. Don't be on like a million platforms. Just like pick one, keep it simple. Don't be on it all day. Use your time for things that matter to you and to your family that's really meaningful. And so if nothing else for this year of 2020, let's just make it a point to really value and utilize our time for productivity and for meaningful leisure, both. Play is just as important as work, but just have both be really rich and full. And let's not spend a lot of time wasting it or wallowing or worrying about anything in the past. Let's go ahead and purge that and move forward and get excited about our life, our year, and our upcoming decade. All right. Super fun being with you. Uh, 
check us out. We're over at Yoga Wellness Money. We blog about um, money and ideas and all the podcasts are also contained over there. All right. Thanks and have a great day. Bye.